Introducing Minor Wisdom Quintet. All right, guys, we're back for another week of Minor Wisdom. This week, I've got the director at Gary High School, Michael Powell. Gary is a 2A school that did make it to state this year. So I get a little bit of his story about his state uh, experience as well as his school experience. He was a late bloomer into the world of theater. He'll talk about that as well when we have this conversation the phone itself was a little janky, as the kids say, so uh, I apologize for that. But, you know, things are improving around here, but you get the gist of what he's got to say, so that's very good. In the background, you can probably hear Avalyn ripping some paper because we're bored today. We don't have school today. <sighs> oh, the joy of kids. Here's the groaner joke. An old teacher asked her student, If I say I am beautiful, which tense is that? The student replied, It's obviously past tense. Minor wisdom from a minor minor. If you cannot find happiness in yourself, find yourself in some happiness. This week's interview. Well, I didn't I didn't plan on teaching initially. Um, I was in ministry, went to went to Southwestern Seminary in Fort Worth and and but always loved theater and kind of thought that I would end up teaching. And so I started late. I don't think I got into teaching until I was about 28 years old and wish I'd started sooner. And I started at Longview High School and was a speech and debate coach there and worked with Pam Mercer McWilliams, who is, has, that's the only school she's been to, been at. And I think she's 42 or 45 years, something crazy. She's been there. Uh, she's retired and been rehired, and she she graduated early from college and started there at 20 years old. So anyway, I think she's 65 and has been there 45 years. But and so it was great to work under her, and and then uh, from there I was I went to smaller schools and realized that I liked the small school feel uh, better than the the big six day school feel and. Started doing uh, speech and debate at Sherino, which is between Nacogdoches and San Augustine in East Texas. And the theater teacher left, and I tried to get that position and was awarded it and loved it and just know that's what I'm supposed to do. So I've only been directing, I guess, about nine years. I think I was there for six, and now I've been at Gary for three. And just love it and look forward to doing it. 20 or 25 more years. So what is, uh, like, do you have any sort of theatrical background, even as a teenager or child? I was in theater my sophomore, junior, and senior year. But then I went, and I, but I was also doing speech and debate, poetry interpretation, and cross-examination debate, and I just kind of filtered towards the forensic side. So I majored in speech communication, and I did debate uh, contest through college and then when I got out of college I joined Toastmasters and so I just kind of went that direction with it and I still and in a small school I can I still do both I still do speech and debate but and also theater 
But if I had to choose between them now, I would choose theater. And I've, um, so just there in high school, I haven't had any college classes or, um, I read a book. I mean, I, I read all the time and I, I went and shadowed Larry Wisdom once. He and I are, are friends and he's just a great mentor to me and a great friend. And yeah. so I spent the day with him about five or six years ago. I asked him if I could shadow him and I actually got my principal to approve his professional development. It was probably the best professional development I could have ever had. And I just watched him for a day and I realized that, uh, his kids treated him the same way my kids treated me. That was a, that was a real eye opener. I thought they would come in and just like kiss his feet and thank him for being the great man that he is. But you know they they they, they just thought, well, this is my teacher. And so I, I caught that and I thought, okay, well if if they look at him the way my kids look at me, well then you know maybe I can do some stuff. Maybe it's not out of reach to do some stuff he's doing. And so I just kind of took mental notes, but I asked him. At the end of the day, he asked if I had any questions, and I said no, and, and he, he was surprised. I said, okay, well, the only one I can think of is what book. If you could only recommend one book, what book would you recommend? And, and he recommended uh, The Principles of Play Directing, which is like a 1932 or 1940 uh, publication date written by two Harvard professors. And I was able to find it, secure it, and read it. And I've read it twice, and I'll probably read it again this summer. And it was perfectly written for someone who's kind of got a math and science brain, and it's written from that perspective. It's not, and, and you know, I have to tell myself levels and angles and groups yeah. of three. I can't just create a stage picture. I'm not very artistic in that way. All my art is kind of mathematical and symmetry and things like that. And that book was written that way, so it was very, very helpful. Uh, that's probably the best training I've had is just learning from people and reading books, but no, no, no official formal training. Okay. Yet. So what is something that you struggle with as far as, uh, getting kids to, re you know, retention for your program compared to a big six, a school that has 2,500 kids to choose from? What's, what's one of your struggles with that, with retention? Well, I tell you, and I don't know if it's, if it's, if it's God or luck or or fluke, but I have I really haven't had that sort of struggle. I, you know, I give the New York um, comparison when I talk to people. I'm like, look, I had a brother that lived in New York, and yeah, New York's huge, and you know, 12 million people, 20 million people working there. But when you go there, you realize they just operate within the neighborhood, yeah. And, yeah. and 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 so it feels it can feel small. And, you know, I was at Longview 6A school. Like, it's 2020, it was 5A when I was there, but there wasn't 6A. But anyway, right. it was 2,500 people. And, you know, there were probably 40 kids in the program, and that was all they did. And I met Gary. We had this year um, in high school, we had about 46. And next year, uh, we'll have two classes of theater one and one of production. They'll each be about 15 people, so it'll be about 45. We have 29 in junior high, so I mean, I'm going to have like 74 kids out of 180 from 7th through 12. 74 will be in theater, so I have about half the kids. Mm. And and I've I, I really think, and I and I know some of it's just luck, because but I, I when I talk to people from small schools and and they talk about and some of my great friends say this, and we we kind of argue back and forth. Um, they talk about well, our kids do everything. 
my kids don't do everything. <laughs> I don't let them do everything. And one of the beauties, I think, of theater is that I get to choose how many people are going to go on stage. And I don't have to choose 15. And and so this year we did a show that just had five people on stage. And so we had five crew and five people on stage. And so with, with something that small, I can really up my standards. And, uh, and so in us going to state, you know, I had someone come to me just yesterday and say, Hey, I want to get into production. She was in junior highs and got out and went the athletic route and she's quitting basketball to get in. And most small schools, she wouldn't have to do that. But for me, I do not cast you in one act if you play basketball, softball or baseball, because I can't have you every rehearsal. So I just, you don't get to be in the show. And some small schools, the directors, you know, they, they don't do that. They don't think they can do that. But you can. I mean, if, if you don't put 15 people on stage, you can. I think if I was committed to put 15 people on stage, I would also have to be committed to share. But I don't like to share. <laughs> so, right. so I just, I have the kids fill out a form, and it has all their extracurriculars, and I make them rank their extracurriculars from most important. And then I only cast people who put theater as most important. And I define most important as anytime there is conflict, you will choose this one. So I just cast the people who choose theater when there's conflict. That's, uh, you know, I, I went to a, a performing arts school here in Houston, performing visual arts. And uh, so we didn't have, we were treated as far as competition is concerned as a large school. Uh, but we, you know, my graduating class was just over, it was, I think it was 131. So it wasn't a huge right. space. And so my mentality is, is similar to yours in that I would rather put five on stage that give me their best and are of quality than put 15 to just give opportunity to 10. And uh, administration and there are other theater teachers that expect high quality work, but they're also wanting to see you create opportunity for these kids. So, you know, you have to figure out that balance of – uh, you know, for your UIL show, put five on stage, but maybe for that right. musical, throw a hundred kids on stage and have 20 of them stand in the corner upstage left and upstage right. And at least you're giving them an opportunity. Uh, oh. But uh, that's exactly, no, yeah. exactly. I think yeah. exactly the same. You know, we had, we, we, we tried to do big photos. We did Romeo and Juliet for fall show and we did uh, shipwrecked for junior high. Yeah. So two big shows that got tons of people on stage and then, but going back, to, you know, talking about opportunity, one of the things that I try to communicate to the administration, I don't know how clearly it happens, <laughs> but I had, <laughs> I had a kid who was my only senior on stage this year. He got best actor in district by district area region and uh, didn't get it at state, got all-star cast at state, but I think he was, was high up there. Uh, but anyway... He came to me last year. He played a, a very, very small part. I had 11 people on stage, and he, he probably had like six lines And because uh, he played basketball. So I, I, I had to have have him at every rehearsal, but he can't have more than six lines. You know, he has to have a part I can cut. So anyway, he comes to me, and he says, hey, uh, what would it, I would like to have the lead next year. What would it, and I said, you'll never get the lead because you play basketball. Right. So he quit basketball. He went to um, a theater camp in Houston, and he went to the Texas uh, Shakespeare Festival in Kilgore. And 
he went to TETA uh, the theater fest with me in the fall, and he quit basketball and he threw himself into theater. And now he's he's been accepted. Of, I think it was just twelve students that got accepted this year to the University of Houston theater program. Yeah. And so I gave him that opportunity. You know, that's that's how I how I look at it. There's there's opportunity. Uh, to the multitudes, and then there's opportunity to for, to let a kid get to the mountaintop, and and uh, you know he'll I'm I'm so thrilled for him, but he would never have these opportunities if I hadn't stuck to my guns and said no, you can't have the lead if you play basketball. So how how much of that, and not to discredit some of what you're doing, but how much of that do you think is family uh, support, you know, home life support? Uh, oh man, so much of it. No, there's no, there's no doubt because his mom. Um, now his, his, you know, it was it wasn't an easy decision for him to quit basketball his senior year. He was the second highest scoring player on the basketball team. Right. But at the same time, his mom is my assistant director. Ah, got it. <laughs> so okay. absolutely, great question. There was tons of support, um, and you know, and even even and I was very thankful. Even from the basketball coach, um, he he took it. He was he, he was bothered by it, of course, but he came to him and he was like, "Look, you know." I, Kids got to make their own decisions. I think he'll regret it. I think most people who quit basketball regret it, and he could finish. But he wasn't, you know. They he was cold cordial, and we were still friends, and so it, it went down okay. Yeah, yeah. My uh, my third year teaching, I took the quarterback of the varsity team off the team. And oh man, he, he was he was my birdie and bye bye birdie, and uh, he now works for Texas Scenic as a regional manager. So he made the right decision, yeah. you know. Um, Absolutely. I hope there are no Texas scenic haters out there that are listening. But uh, or if he if you had a problem with him, please don't direct your questions to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah. So that's 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 good. The the stigma with you know two A schools and such, or or you know really just four A and down, is that you're doing so much sharing of students because of the size of those schools. Uh, but it sounds like you've got a pretty good grasp on. You know, those kids want to be uh, theater kids. So, you know, kudos to you. What is uh, what is something at that level that you miss uh, from the 6A or 5A at your time level? Oh, man, yeah, that's a good question. Mon- money would be the first thing that comes to my <laughs> yeah, mind, uh, yeah. which, which leads to bigger, better productions and costumes and – um, you know, Longview was, it was so delightful, the, the costumes and the money and the support. Um, and so, you know, money, you don't have to have money to do things, but if you're doing things, money tends to make them better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, my, my budget is probably a fourth or a third what it, what it would have been at Longview and what it is at bigger schools. And so, um, you know, we did a musical this year. We did a You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, and and it was good. Um, and it cost seventeen hundred dollars to do, and our ticket sales were fourteen hundred dollars. We 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 lost three three hundred dollars. Yeah. And had we been at a bigger school, we would have had three thousand dollars to do that show, and we would have made three thousand or four thousand dollars. And so I miss that. And but I think I don't think I'll have to miss that forever. Uh, it's my third year at Gary, and I, I think maybe three more years. I think year seven, year eight, year nine. You know, you look at Abbott and one A, and you look at Sabine Pass and two A. Yeah. They, they've got it figured out, but but they've they've been doing it a decade. Right. So, 
Yeah, I mean, they're you know, it, it, money's always as I say, money makes the world go round. But uh, yeah. the the idea of money making or creating a successful program or creating sort of something on stage that is uh, of higher magnitude, at least visually speaking, kind of comes from that competitive side of things, right? Because if you're not comparing yourself to someone else or some other program or some other theater or show then really you can have a bare stage with uh, t-shirt and jeans and as right. long as as long as you're telling a good story that's that's at least the the idea right the the core right. of, of why we do theater so uh, but yeah I, I'm right there with you money <laughs> makes does make things a little uh, easier but it's good that these kids are coming out of a program that maybe doesn't have money because they're not getting jaded um, right. and uh, they're there there are some programs that have six-figure musicals that those kids now when they leave that world of education that high school they might go to a college that has significantly less amount of money to spend on their shows um and and might might think that they're not getting as good of an education only because of the financial quote-unquote burden that they that they have yeah, that's that's right. They won't think that coming from our school. <laughs> right. Yeah. When it comes to travel for you, uh, does it take any convincing? You know, for the UIL pro- process, that is not just in general, but does it take some convincing of your administration, or are they pretty on board with getting you from point A to point B and 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 kind of just signing off and cutting through that red tape that we usually face? Yeah, they've been great. Um, they've you know I, I went to them so three years ago when I started, this was a program that didn't do clinics, you know, and just the first time they were performing for a critic judge was at district or zone, you know, zone or district. And, and so I was able to explain to the admin, look, you know, this is like playing one game and never having any scrimmages. You've got to give us some scrimmages and we, we get four. So the first year I, I was only able to get two. Uh, but last year and this year, we did the, the four clinics, um, and one was as far away as China Springs that they approved. Now, that one actually fell through, and we had to find another one. But, I mean, that was going to be an overnight trip, right. and they were fine with it. So they've been great. They fund four clinics for us uh, and and understand. And, and the superintendent was over-the-top amazing. I mean, he, he missed – I think he missed by district, but he was at district, area, region, and state. and just cheering us along. His wife would come with him, and and he didn't. He doesn't particularly enjoy plays. Like as a, you know, he doesn't buy his tickets and go see right. plays. Right. But he supported our program and right. loved the kids, and they appreciate it very much. So yeah, that's it's huge. been great. What is something unique about your program that you kind of throw out there that you do with your kids that maybe some other places also have these ideas, but. Uh, you've got something that you just kind of uh, your golden ticket, if you will. Okay. Well, um, two things. One, we don't have any. We didn't have any shows this year on our campus because we don't have a theater. But we have within a mile and a half there is a church camp in Gary, and we use their facilities. We use their facilities for our fall show and our winter show, and then the city of Carthage has a civic center that is free once a year to ISD. So we use them for our spring show. Um, and, and so I think, you know, doing a lot of shows is, is important. I think maybe what's made a difference in our culture is, um, 
I try to find a show, a professionally done show, that for them to go watch every year. And and this year we we just kind of went crazy. We went. We took two retreats. We took one to the Dallas area, and we watched in in 48 hours. We watched three shows. We watched uh, Romeo and Juliet since we had done it for a fall show. We found a, a showing of Romeo and Juliet uh, high school was doing. We went and watched it Friday night, and then Saturday night we watched uh, Music Man at UT Arlington. Then the next day, 2 p.m. Sunday matinee, we watched Anastasia at Dallas Musical Park, and then came home. They loved it. Then we found we did Crime and Punishment as our our one act play, and it was only showing in three places in the world. It was showing in London, and it was showing in Austin, and it was and we were doing it. So we drove down to Austin and watched the professional uh, performance of Crime and Punishment, which was great because I was able to contact the theater company, Tenfold Theater Company, and Ryan Crowder is the director of that, and. They did a talk back and, and met with our kids and, and visited for 20 or 30 minutes after the show. And we just talked play. And that was so enriching for my for my students. And so I think that's the golden ticket really is the more the more your students see theater better than they're doing, then the more they realize they can improve. You know, if you're only watching one act play shows at the district level, well, then your kids are going to think they're great. <laughs> but if you'll go watch professional theater and college theater, and they realize, dang, everyone on stage is in character all the time and projects and, and separates their words and extends their gestures, and wow, they do all the things my director tells me to do. And maybe if I did that, I would be, you know, I would be that great. And so constantly putting giving them the opportunity to see people do better theater than they do, I think keeps them hungry. Uh, we went, you know, even when we went down for contest in 2A, we went down the night before, we watched 1A. We stayed late for an extra day, we watched 3A. And and Malakoff, I'll just throw it out there, I, mean, I, I put it on the Facebook page that night, Malakoff's, uh, what was it, 943, the story of Adolphus Tips, mm-hmm. I think. Oh, it blew me away. It was awesome. It ended yeah. up getting second. I, I have no clue. It was some of the best high school theater, top 10. You know, I've probably seen over a thousand shows, easily top 10. And my students got to see that. And it and it puts me in a, in a tough spot, too, because then they look at me, because they're teenagers, and I'm okay with this. They look at me after the show, and they and they say, don't you wish you were that good? <laughs> Yeah, and I have to say, yeah, I wish I was that good too. That's why I'm here. We're all trying to get better, you know. So Malikoff um, has the formula. They're they've they've been uh, uh, successful for a while. So yeah, so good. That yeah. was so. I was so moved by that show. I, I I cried three or four times, but one time I caught myself crying, and it was over lighting. It wasn't it wasn't <laughs> no one was even saying anything. It was the shadow on the back of the psych yeah. that they were projecting. It was just gorgeous. It was a beautiful, awesome, great show. Loved it. I cry about lighting all the time, but for different reasons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, so it certainly you, enhances the show, that's for sure. Yes, it does. So you uh, you mentioned kind of at the beginning of this answer about not having your own space and, and having to uh, use, you said a church or? Uh, yeah, the church okay. camp. Okay. And uh, what, like, tell me some of those challenges because you know, I've, I've clearly done shows at places that are not my own, but when you're, 
at a at a school i have never had to deal with that so and i and i think that you're maybe in the minority i don't know uh not having a space well, to perform in but I, I think we're certainly in the minority yeah. of of schools 1a through 6a and i did a little straw poll of the schools that got to state the 8 and 2a that got to state and i think there was one other that didn't have a theater right. and uh and they happened to finish higher than us which bummed me out because i wanted to be able to tell my administration as kind of a little dagger if that we did finish first in the state of people who don't have facilities um, well but, top, top eight's still not that bad <laughs> yeah you're right you're right it was great and it was a great experience yeah but um yeah it's a little awkward so we use now we have a cafetorium and we have a gematorium, which means we don't have a theater. I mean, the, the gematorium works great for graduation. Right. The cafetorium works, it doesn't work for anything, doesn't have lights, doesn't have sound. It's just a raised up stage. They put tables on it, and, and the upperclassmen eat up there. I mean, right. that's what it's for. So, um, and, and my superintendent, again, trying to be supportive, came to me once and he was like, hey, can we make this cafeteria into some sort of theater? And I, I sketched out some things for a sort of black box, and I realized it's it's not going to ever be good. And I just, thankfully I can be honest with them. And I said, look, I would rather have something that's clearly not good than have something that you spent a lot of money on. That's still not very good. So just, just don't do it. And so we go down the road, there's a Daniel, Daniel Springs Baptist church camp on the road. Um, and it is, it is, um, we pay $50 per night to perform there. So we do three nights in the fall, three nights in the winter. So, Pay, we pay them $300, which is a steal. And it, it seats about four or 500 people, but the stage is for a band. I mean, that's who's usually up there, the praise band. So I would say this, the stage is about 27 feet wide and only about 12 feet deep. Thankfully, the lights light up in front of the stage. So we, we just use two levels, and we, we did some acting down on the concrete floor. Um, but there's no way to walk around. You know, there's no back drape. Uh, it's just a back wall, so you have to go outside to walk around. So that's troublesome if it's muddy or whatever. So what we did, it was muddy when we did Romeo and Juliet, is we just had students walk all the way in the house around the audience and back, um, which they had time to do. And so it's little things like that. But, you know, trying to find the positive, I think then when you go to clinics, it's new. And then when you go to contests, it's new. So everywhere they go is new. They don't know what it's like to not be used to something. So I'll take that as the silver lining. Yeah. What do you guys, I mean, uh, technically speaking, scenery and all that stuff, do you guys build at your own school or do you have time to build at the the space itself? No, we, we build it We build it and transport it. Um, okay. And... And we good grief. I'm so spoiled. I've got a great assistant director uh, who just does everything that's set and costume related. And she's just, I don't know, she's, she's just one of those people who I can make an off-the-cuff comment of, you know, it might be nice if, well, for example, in, the, in, in Crime and Punishment, uh, the novel says that Raskolnikov lives under a staircase. And so I just, in passing one time, said, you know, it might be nice if... Uh, if, if his ceiling angled down and, and 
And then the next time we ran the show and we put up the burlap, it's angled, which <laughs> which is not an easy thing to do because you can't right. just angle the burlap because the lines are horizontal. She created a sleeve. She sewed a sleeve, a diagonal sleeve for the pattern to go through to keep it look like it was, I mean, and she just did that on her own time because I made an off comment. So she's brilliant and, and spoils me so I can focus on, you know, just the blocking and the directing of, of the actors and and then I do do lights and sound, but as far as sets and costume, it's all her world, and, and she does great. That's nice. I, I don't know how you thought of this. I know I'm going to turn <laughs> the table and, and and learn from you a little bit because when okay, um, I told you I wasn't technologically savvy, so sure. I don't even know podcasts exist for like two years. I'm sure they've been out for like fifteen or more. Yeah. And just stumbled upon uh, revision. What is it? Revisionist history or something with Malcolm Gladwell. I love yeah. that one. Yeah. Was, that's brilliant. I listened to that one, and so. So we're just searching through theater, and when I realized there was podcast, I was like, oh, somebody should be doing high school theater podcast. That would be great. <laughs> and so we stumble through, and we, we come upon yours, and and the, the episode, it was like two and a half hours long, but thankfully we were taking a long trip, but the... The twelve was it twelve directors you yeah, had? Yeah, it was the it was the yeah it was the twelve state qualifying directors. That's professional development stuff right there, man. That was awesome. I mean, <laughs> well, thanks. Every every director in the state of Texas should listen to that and just um, I don't know, it was so enriching. So with my daughter in the background, a couple of summer camp uh, opportunities for you guys. First up is Main Street Theater down in Houston, Texas, and that is theater with an ER because as you'll hear, there is a theater with an R-E as well. Main Street Theater with their proven summer camp. We have cast a pretty wide net. We're the education arm of a professional theater company, Main Street Theater, which provides professional theater work, uh, using actors from Actors Equity and then non-equity professional actors do uh, plays for the, for the public in West Village. We also have a theater for youth, which consists of professional actors performing for kids. And then the department I run is the education department, which is solely um, young people acting. And we serve kids ages four um, through, mostly it's four through 14, but we do have a summer Shakespeare program that serves uh, kids who are 14 through 18. And then if you're a, a 16 year old or over, you actually are eligible to be an apprentice, I mean, to be uh, an intern for us and a teaching assistant, and we pay our our teaching assistants. So teenagers can actually get some summer work helping assist in our summer camps and in our Saturday classes. And our classes are, we have in-house classes throughout the year on Saturdays, and then we also have a large summer camp. We Span over five. Lo- we span five locations currently. We're we're in talks for a sixth location next summer, and we serve about seven hundred to eight hundred kids a year. We we used to actually serve up to twelve hundred until we the, the city lost the Chelsea Market space. We had a large space that was able to hold one hundred twenty kids per camp, and so we actually have had capacity with one hundred twenty kids in the past. So we have a lot of kids. I think we are the biggest summer camp, uh, performing arts summer camp in Houston. At least we used to be, and even now we still have about 800 kids come through our doors in the summer. And we focus on original work. So students make up their own plays. They sometimes make up their own dances. 
And they also use simple stagecraft pieces like arts and crafts supplies to make costumes and small, simple props. So the, the work is really generated by the students. And the teachers we hire are definite teaching artists and focus on the artists. They usually are professional actors or professional designers or they're at the top of their class at a university studying theater in either design or performance. And while we call them teachers, they really are mentoring the kids to be their best. And it takes a professional mentor to really know how to mentor properly. You know, it's not just sitting in the corner and saying, go make something. But they're asking the kids the right questions. They're helping them create a story. So a kid comes to Main Street Theater and they feel empowered to be who they want to be. I think sometimes in, in theater programs, you know, we're doing Peter Pan. And if you're lucky, you'll be Peter Pan or Captain Hook. And if you like Lost Boys, you'll get to do that. And if you like Pirates, maybe you'll get to do that. But you'll probably, you know, unless you're one of the three people cast in the lead, you might stand around. And, you know, there's certainly value in, in being in a production. But in our camps, you get to be whatever character you feel like at the time. So it's, it's very child-centered work. We call ourselves a performing arts playground. When is the camp? When do, when are the actual dates of the camp? The camps are actually all summer long. Um, we are filling up pretty fast. Okay. But um, we have camps uh, every single week of the summer, depending on when you're able to do it. And uh, we start in in June, June 3rd, and we go all the way through August 16th. Actually, we go through... Um, actually, the week after August 16th. Yeah, we go all the way through August 23rd. And because a lot of them are selling out, I do want to make a specific um, kind of, you know, shout out to, to a special camp that we do called Turbo Camps. Now, this is going to be for a lot of folks out there who maybe you have had a lot of your summer slogan, and you literally have a day or two that's free. So we have these Turbo Camps the week of the 4th of July week, and the final week of the summer before HISD at least starts in some other school districts. Uh, that's August 19th through the 23rd. Now, these camps are single-day camps. It's a play in a day. You show up at 845, and you come up with ideas at 9 o'clock. You've created your play by 11 o'clock. You're rehearsing it at 2 o'clock, and you're performing it at 3 o'clock. So the, there's a lot of improv. There's also a lot of instruction on story structure and again you're creating your own character and these are actual you know one play one day and you can do one day or two days or three days or four days or the whole five days and every day is different because you have a different group making up your own play so especially if you're very new to theater um, very new to acting or you know new to main street i would definitely recommend looking up those turbo camps as as for parents they're supplements to their summer you know like Where's the camp that has only two days? They don't exist. Well, they do at Main Street because uh, those two weeks, you're able to kind of choose your own adventure that, that week for, for the days that you sign up for. We do also do one-week camps uh, to also serve that need. I mean, the two-week camps are the most intensive, but the, the one-day camps, we've, you know, we, we were like, let's try this because also yeah. there are new students who are not sure they want to commit to a two-week camp. And they're like, can we just do a day to see what it's like? Well, you can't really 
bought it a class, but you can do a turbo. And if you like a turbo, you're going to like a two-week camp. What's uh, the social media or ways that they can find you? So we are MainStreetTheater.com, and that's theater spelled with an E-R. And you can also find us on Facebook, Main Street Theater. It's just very crucial that it's theater with an E-R, yeah. because there's another Main Street Theater that's R-E. But we're Main Street Theater, E-R, and we have a pretty strong social media presence, so you can you can find us there. The next summer camp is Outcry Theater, which is up in North Texas, and there she is, Eleanor Minor, just playing in the background. We have a lot of camps for teens. Um, primarily, we work with teenagers. I would say high school students make up about, uh, I don't know, 70% of our program. We've got a lot of high school students. Um, and we have several different classes this summer um, that are geared towards high school students, specifically teens, um, you know, eighth grade and up, 13 and up. Um, uh, our first one this summer is um, a Meisner technique class. We teach Meisner every year. This is our third year in a row to teach Meisner. That's going up June 3rd through 7th. And uh, that's for ages 13 to 18. Um, it's a Meisner intensive class, so um, obviously uh, studies the work of Stanford Meisner, um, starting with basic repetition uh, techniques and um, building upon that through activities, um, basically to, um, to, of course, kind of hone the actor's ability to listen and react truthfully. Um, it's our most popular camp every year. Um, kids do it every year. Um, and um, it's it's a, a, a great intensive uh, for people who really want to work on their realistic acting, of course. Um, and that's an all-day camp. That camp is from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Um, all day. And then we actually are doing, uh, June 10th through 14th, we're actually doing a, 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 a wizard camp. And that actually technically does go up to age 13, but I would say that's a younger a younger age group um, than probably what you're looking for. And then the, the week after that, well, our next camp after that is June 17th through 21st, and that's going to be a devised theater camp that I'm teaching for ages 13 to 18. Um, I'm really excited about this week. We've never done this particular class before, and I'm really excited about it. We're basically going to build a, a play together from the from the ground up using the, the students that I specifically have and the artistic skills of, of these particular kids that are coming out for it. Um, so depending on what they want, there might be some poetry, there's going to be movement, potentially dance and, and text. Um, we're going to talk a lot about story and um, music and perhaps uh, current events or political things. It really is going to be very dependent upon what the kids choose for their theme at the beginning of the week. And then we're going to build an original play from the ground up where they um, create it together. Um, very excited about that camp. That is also an all-day camp. That is from 9 to 5. Um, uh, that's going to be a really exciting one. And then the week uh, the week, our next week is um, July 15th through 19th, um, and that, that that camp is going to be ages 10 to 18, 
and that's going to be a dance for theater uh, camp. Um, it's basically the one that I had the most requests for this year. Once again, I've never taught this this class. This is a new one for us. Um, uh, we had a lot of requests this year, basically from people who are going out for musicals and people who are going off to college auditions for them to get a sort of broad range of all sorts of dance styles in one class. And that's basically what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to do ballet. I'm going to do jazz. I'm going to do music theater. Um, and I'm going to teach a variety of like the basic vocabulary and steps and, and, and dances, and then do some, of course, some actual uh, combos um, so that they uh, can be more successful in auditions and be more successful in shows where they're trying to pick up choreography quickly and also people who are going out for big auditions where they have to be able to do dance combinations quickly. Um, so I'm excited about that as well. After that, um, our next camp is not for teens. That's for ages 5 to 11. That's our heroes and villains camp. And then our last camp of the summer is July 29th through August 2nd, and that's our filmmaking camp, and that's for ages 10 to 18. And that's actually the only one of those camps that is not taught by me. That's taught by Jason, my husband, who is our managing director and um, professional filmmaker, actually. That's what he's going to do right now, going to his uh, filmmaking job. Uh, and um, last year they was the first year that they did this class. It's our second year. Basically, the students collaborate together to write and shoot and edit their own original short film, and um, they learn about every single aspect of filmmaking and film acting, and from pre-production to post-production. Um, it's um, an exciting class and a fun class and a way for them to get to stretch a lot of different kinds of their creativity, and that class is also all day. That's a 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. class. Oh, I didn't say this about the dance class. The dance class is only the, in the afternoon. That's 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. Um, and those are our camps for teenagers. We also are doing a production of The Little Mermaid, which ha is for ages 6 to 14. Um, so if the kids have finished their freshman, up to kids that have finished their freshman year can take part in The Little Mermaid, um, that's a three-week summer intensive um, uh, camp. And um, that performs or July 12th through 22nd, and it rehearses, I don't think I have the dates right in front of me, hmm. let me see, rehearses um, Friday, or Monday through Friday, June 24th to July 12th, from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., and those are our, those are our camps. Um, we, we try to do things that are, are a little bit different than um, uh you know, we, we, we always try to shake it up every year, but we also do our uh, our standards of our Meisner and our filmmaking class, the, the things that people really like and come back to do every year. Um, it's going to be an exciting summer. We have a lot of really cool, fun stuff planned. I'm excited about these new classes. Um, they're going to be they're gonna be great. Um, we are located for these classes. Everything is... Um, at, uh, at the corner of Park and 75 in Plano. The address is 1915 North Central Expressway, um, Suite 120. Um, but we're at the, in layman's terms, we're at the corner of Park and 75 in Plano. 
um, on the west side of 75. How do people, how do people get a hold of you? Uh, lots of different ways. You can go to our website, which is outcrytheater.com. Um, uh, Outcry is O-U-T-C-R-Y. Theater is spelled with an R-E. Um, and you can uh, visit us on Instagram at Outcry Theater. Um, you can also email us if you want to at outcrytheater at gmail.com. Um, those are probably the best places to get us. We're also on Facebook. You can go to our Facebook page. Um, and... Uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're available all the normal, all the normal places. All right. No MySpace, though. Yeah. No, no, no MySpace. Okay. All right. Well, not, that'll, not dis- that'll disappoint not all my fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We'll, we'll have to look into that one. I know that that's the way, the way of the future. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We'd love, of course, for someone to come out and join us for this summer. But um, next season, we're, we, we haven't, I was hopeful we'd be ready to announce before now, but um, we have a lot of exciting things coming up next season. So I hope that everyone will, of course, come back and check out our website or um, sign up for our mailing list so that they can get information about all the exciting things we're going to be doing next school year. We've got an amazing season planned. Um, And if they come out and join us this summer, they'll hopefully love to come and join us this fall or spring as well. Um, It's going to be super exciting. We're always doing really fun and interesting, exciting um, plays and musicals that don't get often produced by other youth theaters around here. Um, so, um, yeah, we're, we're always excited to, to have new students and to bring new people into the Outcry family. So finally, this week is last week's guest, Nicole Morgan, talking about her camp at Montgomery High School. Eleanor is just enjoying the heck out of some of these toys on this flooded rainy day. The the first thing I wanted to just say, if I could, is that kids need to do something over the summer. Agreed. And whether they're teaching in a camp that you're hosting for your feeder schools or themselves going to a camp where they're working with another director, the opportunity is what I think kids need in the summer. Uh, so that's why I do it and why I encourage kids to do summer camps. Um, I have kids that go off to the various camps all through Texas, but I think we need to focus on our kids giving back to their community. So I offer a summer camp that's one week. And during that week, we actually put on a MTI junior program. And this year we're going to focus on honk junior. And it'll be fun for the kids because you can divide your age groups and work with age-based or ability-based things that eventually are going to pay off because those kids are going to come to you in your program when they get there. So where where and when is this program? I'm hosting my program June 3rd through 7th at Montgomery High School for students that have finished kindergarten all the way through 8th grade. Anyone, even the students in my current program at the high school, can audition for parts, but all of the kids that will be in camp will be involved in the production. Most of them, I would say 90% on stage performing. What makes your program kind of unique, kind of stand out against others? I think for me, it's the kid opportunity to perform 
we we are wanting to, especially those younger kids, start to to move them towards being able to stand in front of an audience with confidence and assurity and be able to create. Um, we spend a little bit of time doing morning rotations, working on improv skills, movement skills, voice and diction, uh, and then playing in some of the technical areas. And I think the fact that I believe that kids need to be on both sides of the curtain at some point is a big bonus for what I offer. And then what are ways that the people can sign up uh, information about the camp, find information? It is on most of my social media, which is Montgomery Theater. Uh, We also have... um, an email that you will, a QR code and an email that you can get more information through the school website. Curtain call. What, mm-hmm. what, what should, what should we be doing at the end of the year to be getting sort of prepared for next year? Well, as a newer teacher, I think my outlook on what the end of the year looks like is a little bit different from maybe someone as seasoned as you and, and other people. Um, Cause I think I'm still trying to get a grasp on, what every year looks like for me. Um, I was talking to another teacher who has, I think, four years under her belt, and we were kind of in the same boat that um, the first year you just feel really thrown into the position and trying to uh, get the trust of your parents and your admin and your kiddos. And at some point, something suffers, whether it be your curriculum or your administrative duties or... Um, you know, just your shows, something doesn't, isn't at the forefront. Right. And so the second year for me was, um, was my first year's head. And so that really is what last year felt like. And now this year, I felt like I had a really good grasp on the admin side and my shows were, um, better because of that. And the organization that I, I think I, I did better at this year, um, and my kids now had full faith in me, so that the shows went well. But I think overall, my lesson planning suffered, and my my ability to balance the shows and um, and and the administrative duties with what I'm doing in the classroom for all of the other students, you know, the other hundred and whatever twenty students that I'm teaching that aren't active theater students, and so. Um, for me, what my end of my year looks like is really trying to reorganize and restructure my year to to make it more make it make more sense now that I know what my seasons are going to look more like, um, and to help to help make sure that my production classes look like production classes, and that my classes that aren't production classes are stay on track because that's where a lot of my um, that's where I think I lacked this year is my theater one suffered, which is um, hard for me because that's where my heart is. I love my theater one classes. And so um, for me, that's what I'm really focusing in on is, is how do I um, how do I plan for next year in the classroom? Um, how do I prepare my students at the end of this year for success coming into um, musical auditions for next year? Um, and then we have a summer camp. So figuring out how to coordinate and get um, our summer camp up and running um, so that by July when we have it, we're not scrambling to get it done. 
Um, but I think it looks different for, for you, right? My planning of the next year or season, if you will, if you look at this as a professional job, not a job in education, because I am yeah. not... I really hope my principal doesn't listen to this, but I am not super passionate about theater one. I'm super passionate about yeah. literally every other class. Um, <laughs> so I'm the opposite. And there, and there are people like I have, I know of a teacher in my district that thrives on the beginners. Like that's, yeah. that's her thing. You know, I think to myself, you are crazy and you need to take meds, but that's what she wants, you know? Um, yeah. And I'm the opposite. So how do I plan for next season? Next year will be my 10th year in the classroom, which is a, a milestone, but it's still not, you know, a huge number. But it's, uh, I think it's big for me. It's part of why I'm sticking around actually in the classroom is because I want to do that 10th year. But um, I I start choosing my season and I'm not, a, I'm not shy about, there are some teachers that are, very adamant about reveal we're going to reveal the season at our banquet <laughs> and uh we talk about what the next year is going to be at the banquet and we you know get excited about it but we're not i don't have this powerpoint slideshow that i've prepared that that does this cool like origami effect where this bird flies away which if you do powerpoints you know exactly what i'm talking about and well, i don't know what you're talking about at all well you need to be a better teacher uh you, I only do them every single semester. I got to yeah, tell you, go the ahead. origami effect, side note, the origami effect <laughs> on PowerPoint, the animation is, gets the kids every time, every time they could, it could be used every slide and every time they're like, whoa, anyway, <laughs> I digress, but I, I don't keep my season a secret because I want the kids involved in helping me choose. And I also want them educated on what shows we're choosing because those kids that are yeah. returning juniors and sophomores and freshmen, like for instance, next year, I want to do stand and deliver. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just really love that show. And so I had a kid come to me today, actually. I, and I've just been talking about, and hey, I'd, I'd like to do stand and deliver. It'd be fun and blah, 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 blah. I had a kid today come to me and say, I, can I, could you like see me as the teacher? and stand and deliver female girl hispanic and the and the the lead is a male uh hispanic teacher which it doesn't have to be but right. um uh she says do you do you think i could be the teacher i was like what teacher for what she's like stand and deliver I'm like oh wow well i mean you're a step ahead of literally everybody else because nobody else has asked me about <laughs> any characters for the show um, right but that's how i start i i start by getting getting I start. I, what? I start by getting. I, I start by getting my tobacco. I start by getting um, <laughs> uh, hyped about the shows that we're doing next year because all of that other stuff kind of falls in line. You do have to start planning your calendar, and us theater teachers, most of us in Texas, have to wait for those music teachers because they have their TMEA planning meeting, and they plan their UIL season, and then everybody else has to fall in line and speech and debate plans and academic decathlon or academic whatever the heck it is to, has to plan yeah. so theater becomes the, the little bastard child in the end that fills in the gaps um i'm fortunate enough to have my own black box theater that doesn't conflict with anyone so i can plan at least my everything but my musical and my one act play um right 
because I don't I don't need anybody else. So the only thing I have I, to think about is homecoming, which BT Dubs. Side note again, my first year at Dulles, I I had never put together a calendar, and I think I'm pretty sure I lied in my interview by saying sure I, I put yeah I put together a calendar all the time, <laughs> but I had never done it before on my own. I had Pam Wilson before me, and I had Brandon T Arena before that, and so. Uh, I scheduled our first show, which was the importance of being earnest, on homecoming week, and I had parents. Okay. Yeah, I had, it, and I and going to HSPBA, you don't we don't have homecoming. Um, right. And so I had no it's idea. Yeah, I had no idea I was supposed to be looking for this. Uh, and I had parents. That was the only time, really, truly, that I've had parents like, "What are you doing? This guy has no idea what he's doing." Yeah. So yeah, uh, we changed it though. We changed the date. No biggie. My name is 